0: Gentlemen, to another edition of the Fritzcast. It's Friday, April nineteenth, two thousand and nineteen, and how are you all doing? It is Good Friday of the Holy Week, which Easter is Sunday, and uh, there was a a semi. I'm I'm not going to say. I mean, I guess it is a tragedy. There's a broad definition to tragedy. And, and displacement and things of that nature and destruction. But, uh, you know, Notre Dame Notre Dame was built, or at least they started building it back in uh, 1163, completed it in 1345. I mean, that's how old that, that whole structure is. Most of that structure is stone, but it had a lot of uh, intricate woodwork for its roof and for the spire. It was all woodwork. And a lot of woodwork at that. That's why the fire ravaged for so long. Uh, that's why it looked pretty bad. But the inside is mostly intact. Most of the stonework is intact. It's it's mostly fine. It just needs a brand new roof, a brand new spire. That's not to say that it's not a little devastating for such a monumental landmark uh, and a historic piece. It's, uh, it's really funny nowadays on the internet to read about pretty much anything anymore. Uh, just because of how... I guess, conceited people are. Um, I, that's that's the only thing I can really think of, is how conceited people are about stuff. Because there's some people saying, wow, this is, uh, this is because of centuries of the Catholic Church hiding uh, priests molesting little boys. And good riddance. You know, there's some people who are like that. There's some people who are, ha-ha, this is what French gets for colonizing Africa. Ha-ha! Uh, like yeah, sure yeah. That's exactly why the. It's exactly why the fire that, more than likely, was sparked by accident. Due to reconstruction, that's why it happened. It was to get back, at the Frenchies for all the crap they pulled. Ha ha! Your monument's on fire. Ha ha! That's how people are. It's stupid, mind you. Nobody was hurt in it. Yes, it did cause a lot of damage, but it's not like Notre Dame has been leveled. Uh, there are uh, donations out the wazoo. Way more than they actually need to fix it. There are donations. Which kind of off-put me a little bit because uh, I think President Trump or, or Congress, I can't remember who, there's some authorization for some you know relief funding to France for that. At the taxpayer expense Which I absolutely don't agree with I absolutely do not agree with it Because number one The private church has A lot of money that it can fix it itself Number one Number two you open it up to private donations As it has been And there have been notable millionaires And even, a, even some billionaires donating money To Fixing it As well as just people Who really appreciate the architecture And the history behind Notre Dame Donating money to fix it to the to the degree that they have more money than they need to fix it than they would ever need imaginable they could fix it like four times over with the amount of money that's been donated. Not to mention the fact that these millionaires who are or billionaires that are pledging to they, I believe they. What the figure here? Uh, two French billionaires have given over 300 million euros to restore Notre Dame. Two billionaires. And already catching backlash on Twitter from, you know, can you imagine if they cared about people because they just, with the click of a button, donated $300 million to save a roof of a really old church building that, um, it's not even my church, so I don't even care. And look at those punks with their money. They don't even care about people. It's their money. I don't care what they do with it. It's their money. If they want to donate it to, re- to the restoration of uh, Notre Dame because... They get their jollies off getting other people who fawn over them for it, whatever. But uh, to, to restore Notre Dame, it's not—it's not out of the realm of the possibility of the Catholic Church just to do it by itself. It's really not. It's really not. And then when we talk about governments wanting to provide aid for it, I mean, come on. If that private church has enough to do it without taking a hit, if two billionaires in, Fran- in, in France. Are pledging money to fix it, you know. At the end of the day, it is just a—it's just a church building. It is serving people, sure, but it's just a church. It's just a church building. It's a mon—it's a national monument church building. And to think of what it's survived through through the years—two world wars, a French—a French Revolution. I mean, it, it's been through a lot, and it is an iconic structure and all that, but. Do we need to be sending taxpayer money over there when we have a 22 trillion dollar national debt? I mean those are those are the tough questions to ask I guess, but you have to ask how bad how bad a shape are they in to fix the building? How bad a shape are they in to fix the building? It sparked an interesting discussion needless to say, but As I said, people are so conceited that they're on Twitter talking about how the billionaires are bad people for donating money to fix the church roof uh, because they didn't just click and donate a bunch of money to feed a bunch of homeless people or whatever. Very interesting, to say the least. Very interesting to say the least. Uh, I just just finished up doing some renovation work at home today. Um, Baseboards and quarter rounds. Now my bedroom is done. The nursery is now done on that level Of I don't have anything extracurricular to do in the nursery Other than sand the walls, clean the walls, paint the walls Decorate and buy stuff for baby stuff Ooh, and if you paid attention to Twitter last week You would have seen that uh, at my wife the, the, The little gender reveal that me and my wife did to figure out what the baby was it's a baby girl we're having a baby girl and i am more than excited for that it's it's amazing it's an amazing it's an amazing feeling knowing that it's a, a baby girl my wife's intuition was right all along she she from the minute she found out she was pregnant she said i think it's a girl and she never let up off of that and it turns out she's right we didn't bet anything over it good thing we didn't because uh I kind of just agreed with her anyway. It wouldn't have really been a bet. But it, this this amazes me because, you know, you, you figure that out, and then there's some certain people, you know, maybe, maybe friends of mine, maybe associates of mine, colleagues of mine, whatever, who, you know, as soon as that happens, like, you're like, oh, yeah, I'm having a baby girl. Like, some people go, so be honest. Were you hoping it was a boy, though? You know, and I guess it's, uh, you know, I don't know what it is about this whole thing. But it's like, you know, everybody expects the father to want a little you know, to to, to want a boy, you know, to I guess have a mini me version of themselves. I don't know. I don't know. But I'm not it's not like I'm disappointed or 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 that I was sitting there crossing my fingers hoping it was a boy. And I think that's a testament to having to go through what uh, me and my wife had to go through What what a lot of couples go through Honestly When they start thinking about Do they want to have kids And then they go to try I mean, me and my wife And she's okay with me sharing the story um, Talking with her life, But me and my wife For us it was like four years Four years is a long time To go through this when It's something that You discussed you really wanted, and you were hoping for, and every turn, you know, every passing month was more questions of why, more heartache, more frustration. Uh, it was a lot to go through. It was a lot to go through, and then to, to go to reproductive associates, to to explore further options, to... To sit down and think about how you might have to do uh, IVF uh, or some other type of assistance with it because there's complications somewhere. Uh, it's incredible. It's uh, that's an incredibly tasking thing to go through. Uh, I think for both people. Uh, a lot of people would think maybe it's just a you know just a woman thing, but it's it's not. Uh, she obviously on on a level. Felt Terrible Every passing month that would happen Taking a test, a negative Going through the cycle all over again But it wears on you As a guy too If it's something that you really want And it's not coming You you get to that point where You hate the look on her face Every time she takes a test and it's a negative You hate the look on her face And, and you have to go through it you might just have a bad weekend Over that whole thing And it sucks And it got to the point where we Actually had gone to An associate Had a long discussion about Why these things happen And how they happen And, and all the possible steps that we were going to take And You know it, set, it settles in in your head And you, you wonder if it'll ever happen And you start wondering, well, what if it doesn't? Then, you know, are you open to adoption? Is that some route that you want to take? And you you really start thinking hard about these things. So we got so ingrained in it, so tied up in it, that we took a break. We took a break. We said to ourselves that we would not get wrapped up in trying to find the right times to work out. In trying to make sure the settings were right and trying to keep track and log and all this stuff uh, Because it was just stressing I was working my shifts and shifts on top of my shifts She was working and doing school And we were just kind of at that point where we were like You know, let's just take a break Let's not have our mind ingrained and focus on this Let's get back to just, you know, loving each other and having, you know, fun And that, we had the next phase scheduled, you know, we had the next phase testing scheduled. We were getting ready to do more tests on this stuff. And lo and behold, the stars aligned, the planets aligned, and boom, I got her pregnant. That's that's the way I like to put it, but maybe that's just a prideful way of putting it. But, you know, the, the stars aligned, and fate happened. And here we now here we now sit knowing that we have a little girl on the way. Uh time's not dragging but time's not flying by either. And different time like you know it's it's very weird because there's many times in my head where it's it's very well known in my head and I know. And I'm I'm proud and I'm excited and and all that, and then I guess there's another section in your head where, where the reality quite hasn't set in yet. Because the other day, somebody at work asked me. They were like, "Oh yeah, you, you found out you're having a baby girl. I bet bet you must be excited." And it was one of those moments where, in like, I sat back in my head and I thought, "Dude, you're gonna be a father. What the hell?" Like, it seemed so left field. It was surreal. It just didn't seem real yet. Even though I've gone through some exciting things. I've seen some exciting ultrasounds. I've heard the baby's heartbeat a couple times over. It's very exciting to see that I'm having a baby girl. You know, I don't care that it's not a boy that's first. I, I really, I do not I do not care. After going through four years of that, after having to sit there and wonder if this was even going to work for us, it it became very much so not a, you know, I hope we have a boy or I hope we have a girl. It became... I hope that we have a healthy baby I hope that we have a healthy human baby That we we don't have to go through a scare with That we don't have to wonder, You know And and have to get a million tests run You know And It's amazing Because I, I sit back And I feel truly blessed at this point It's hard to not feel Truly blessed at this point Because It did happen And because so far Everything's been on par and and other things have happened in life That are on the up and up too I recently just got a promotion at work Which by the way That means some things might be switching up on FritzCast a little bit uh, Mostly with just the timing Because uh, <laughs> So I start this new position On uh, In like a week from now One full week From Sunday Or Saturday night really Is when I started And I'm on midnight to 8 Starting it And uh And so that means I'm going to have to try to adjust myself to a 12 to 8 schedule. Which I think, I'm not sure, somebody correct me if I'm wrong on this, I think just makes you a zombie. I think you just become zombified. But I'm not sure. I've never really done it. So there's going to be some adjustments. There's going to be some getting used to some things. And I mean, I'll keep you guys posted, but that might mean that next week's FritzCast might be... You know, the last one for like a a, a couple weeks Stretch While I try to adjust and get used to some things Uh, Including increased responsibilities at work It's just It's a professionalism thing, I guess Take a step back from the extracurricular stuff I'm doing Make sure that my life is in order Make sure that I'm adjusting everything well And then go back to The extracurricular stuff Uh, But we'll see how that pans out That's not a definite yes or no yet uh, especially because things have been shaken up the last couple of weeks on FritzCast and me just trying to get episodes out. Uh, and I don't want to just put an episode out for the sake of putting an episode out. Um, much like this episode, for example, I've talked about Notre Dame a little bit, but now I'm... And baby developments and uh, uh, some serious couple struggle. You know? You know, I, I haven't left it at Nothing. Uh, but something did come to mind, politically speaking and news speaking, uh, for a while. I'm not going to talk about, like, Trump. Apparently, the other day, they came out with a news story about how Trump initially had said when the special counsel was appointed that he was effed. And this was the end of his presidency and all that. Well, it turns out, from, uh, from the Mueller report being released, Barr's interpretation and all that, it turns out that collusion, definite No. Definitive no on collusion uh, Obstruction Eh It's very sketchy on obstruction It really depends on what what debate you look at uh, For obstruction Because there is Did Donald Trump attempt to ob- obstruct? Did he issue out orders That could have obstructed? Yes, but nobody carried them out So really It looks more like the only thing Trump is guilty of is being a giant, whiny baby. But n- but is that really a surprise to anybody? That That's not some stunning revelation uh, at all. And that is exactly what I said throughout the course of this investigation. Everybody's looking for an impeachment thing. Impeachment's out the window. Impeachment is done. Nobody's going to even try to push-forward impeachment on Donald Trump anymore. Not over this stuff, because it just doesn't fit. And it will cause you more problems at this point. It will cause Democrats more negative problems if they were to try to go an impeachment route this late in the game on the nothing burger that they have. Really. It won't go anywhere. It won't go anywhere. And and to steal a line from my brother-in-law, I don't know if he would want me to steal it because we don't necessarily see eye to eye on, on the political spectrum over this thing. But, uh, I mean, in his, in his words anyway, it'd probably be better to get Trump out of office through the election anyway uh, because of some of the consequences and how people would view it if it was an impeachment or if it was a push for an impeachment. But the the other fallacy, maybe, or at least the other crutch that the Democrats have right now against them is stubbornness, their unwillingness to do certain things. And some candidates are doing those things. Some candidates are being bold, all right? Andrew Yang Andrew Yang has some very progressive platforms and policy Probably the biggest one is a $1,000 a month Unconditional universal basic income for everybody Everybody gets $1,000 from the government Boom, in your pocket every month It's $12,000 a year That's one of his platforms, okay? Andrew Yang sat down with Ben Shapiro. Did a whole hour-long episode with Ben Shapiro, and damn me if it wasn't at least informative. Damn me if it wasn't at least productive dialogue between him and Ben Shapiro. And damn me if it wasn't bold of Andrew Yang to say, yeah, I'm going to go on Ben Shapiro's show and do this. We need to do this. How many Democrats are going to go on Ben Shapiro's show? How many Democrats are going to be willing to do that? Same could be said of Bernie Sanders having a town hall hosted by Fox News. Now, that one, granted, I can't talk on that one as much as the Andrew Yang-Ben Shapiro episode because I haven't watched the Sanders-Fox News town hall yet, but I have seen clips from it, and I can tell you there's certain Democratic candidates who would never go on Fox who would say, screw that, I'm not doing it, it's Fox News, which is just a polar opposite of Trump calling CNN fake news all the time. Polar opposite of it. Same attitude polar opposite spectrum though. And that's where that's where Democrats will get hurt. I mean, now if Bernie if if Bernie Sanders can go on Fox News and take uh some of the tough questions that they ask cuz I do know at least that he was questioned about the the budget and the deficit and he actually conceded uh you know absolutely Absolutely, there's uh, there's debt and deficit in government spending. Why aren't you talking to uh, uh, President Trump about that? Ooh, sick burn because the conservatives do it to themselves. Because a lot of the conservatism that you hear going on is it harps on liberal and progressive policies when, when it's their choice and, and the money is being dictated and controlled by them. But when it's conservatives doing it, it's okay because it's our team and there's no team like the best team which is our team right here that's how they that's how this game works out almost you have very few people calling it somewhat down the middle like that where Bernie would say you know yeah debt deficit that is a problem why aren't you talking to President Trump about it absolutely, you have Tulsi Gabbard she's been on Tucker Carlson a couple of times Tucker Carlson I don't even like Tucker Carlson but you have some Democrats doing this and it's sad to say that it's bold it shouldn't be bold and new it shouldn't be a bold new fresh idea to go in enemy territory and try to convey your opinion but apparently it has become that this thing where people are being championed for doing something that should just be commonplace. And it's really bizarre and baffling to me. It's really bizarre that it has come to that. It's come to this level of things. You also have people like Joe Biden might finally next week announce that he's running for for president in 2020. It's hard to think that up until this point, Joe Biden hasn't done that, but he hasn't done that. Yet they've been talking about it, you know, and this is how the news media works. You know, they talked about the Mueller report all the way up until the release of the Mueller report. And then it became, "Eh, you know what, maybe we don't need to be talking about the Mueller report so much. That's just that's just this, the crazy cycle that it's in. But guys, that's gonna do it for me for this week. I I'm I apologize for the brevity of this episode. Uh, and next week's coming up might also be on the shorter side as well, um, depending on what's going on. But it's Easter week. I hope everybody has a good Friday and a good Friday, and also a good Easter if you if that's your thing. If it's not, you know, eh, have a good weekend then. All right don't have to be so conceited and take things so personally. Okay? But anyway, I love you guys. Uh, Follow me on Twitter at FritzQS, Facebook.com slash the FritzCast, and FritzCastPodcast at gmail.com. Remember to spread the podcast to your friends, to your family, to everyone, everywhere. Like and share. And all that jazz. Love you guys. I'll see you next week.